Amen. Uh, Hayley, you had a testimony you wanted to share briefly, didn't you? Before we get into the word today. Hey, kids ministry will be back, uh, although most families are not here, but some, oh, some are here. Kids ministry starts not next week, but the week after, so I feel good. This is going to be a good testimony because it's not finished yet. Uh, back in July, I went to have two CAT scans and a scan on my thyroid gland because they told me I have what is called a tyrad score for nodule which means it's got a moderate chance of becoming cancerous. I went for my six-month check on the 4th of January and by Thursday, on Wednesday I tried to ring them, I couldn't get through. On Thursday I thought I'll try again, still didn't answer. God said wait till nine o'clock, all right, I'll wait till nine o'clock. So I rang, I had to make an appointment for someone else and I thought, right, I'm going to ask. Well, they've said to me at this point that there is no action required I'm unsure of the details. I'll go tomorrow and find out the exact details. But I'm claiming that this thing is going to be healed, gone, and no longer in my throat. Amen. Amen to that. Hey, I just... Amen? Okay. Father, we want to thank you today for your word that is living and active. We simply ask today that by your spirit that you would continue to speak to us. God we, God, we need more of you. We want you to have your way in us more and more and more. It's your love. It's your grace. It's your mercy. It's your spirit. It's your power. It's all of you, Jesus. It's all of you. So we ask that you would continue to have your way in our hearts, that we would be all for you, Jesus. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Amen. My wife sends her greetings. She's home because the kids have been sick. Um, we've all had one of those weeks this week. I've come out the other side of it, but they haven't quite, so um, they send you their love this morning. A couple of weeks ago, as we started off 2022, I released the prophetic word that the Lord gave me, the three-page word that the Lord gave me, and you... You would have got a copy of it via email. There's still, um, there's still one or two copies left. Um, otherwise, I have to print out some more. Often when I print out stuff, I print out 30 or 40 copies and, they just, and there's still like 10 left. But I've printed out 70 now and there's only two left. So that's good. It means more people are actually taking something and go, God, I want to partner with this word. Because remember, when you receive... Um, when you receive a prophetic word, it's not just receiving it in your thinking, going, oh, that's really nice, but you actually take it in and let it become part of you. So you allow the Spirit of God to activate that in your life. So that's why I like paper copies, because I like to scribble and I like to write on them, you know, for me, and, and, and I like to highlight things. Um, even from what the Lord spoke to me, there's still some, act, some points for me that are really highlighted. So, you know, there's still a couple of copies left, otherwise we can get you some more. There's, there's a part of it today that I, I want to unpack a little bit further. I want to bring out a little bit further about clean hands and a pure heart. Is that okay? Because one aspect of the word of 2022 was dealing with heart issues. That we need to deal with heart issues. That God is looking, you know, and he's going, I just want to heal that area of your heart. 
It's not a, it's, you know, like it's not a school teacher thing with, with a cane going, come here and I'm going to hit you over the knuckles. It is the Father heart of God that is looking at areas in us that where he sees a wound, where he sees a need that, you know, that we need healing and restoring in, and he wants to heal us and restore us. Amen? Because he wants us to live in the fullness of the freedom that Christ paid at Calvary. Is there an amen to that? He wants us to live in the fullness of the freedom, not just partake of bits and pieces, but he wants us to live in the fullness of the freedom. And as I've been praying over the, the words that he gave me and as I've been praying this week, I've been coming back to two passages time and time again over the last few days. And they are Psalm 24 and they are Acts 5. And if anyone knows what Acts 5 is, you'll be going, ooh, I'm not seeing anyone go, ooh. Psalm 24 and Acts 5. We're going to go through those and then we're going to get into some other bits and pieces. I brought my amplified version today. Is that all right? Ooh. I thought I'd just mix it up a bit. Something different. Psalm 24. I love Psalm 24. There's so much in Psalm 24. It starts off by saying in verses 1 to 3, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those and all those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the streams and the rivers. Who may ascend onto the holy mountain of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? Oh, Dave's going to get that. Thanks, Dave. Oh, they're going they're to race over it. Just think about that for a minute, hey. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the streams and the rivers. You know, for me, it's just look at who God is and what he's done. Part of the word, thank you, part of the word that was released a couple of weeks ago was that there would be a return of reverence and awe, amen? That there's been so much talk about intimacy which is not wrong because there are so many hearts that are still not in that place of first love worship, that God is still calling the hearts of his people back. He's, the, he's looking to pull the hearts out of the world and return to him. Because I don't think we realize how much of the world can still be in us. And he, and, he, and he wants to remove our hearts out of the world so that we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Because you know what? If, if we do that, everything else that we need, he will provide. And yet so often we get full, full of worry and anxiety with situations about how's this going to work out? Where's that going to come from? That all of a sudden we realize that we're just in the world. So yes... The call of intimacy and the call of first love and the call of relationship continues to go. But you know what happens with intimacy sometimes is familiar, familiarity can breed contempt. In any relationship, you can start to take someone else for granted. Is that not true? It's really easy in a marriage, it's really easy in a relationship, like in even a best friend relationship, to take someone for granted. And you've always got to keep that first love going because you don't want to take them for granted. Talking about a marriage. And sometimes we can become so familiar with God that we lose that sense of reverence and awe. That when we sing holy, we're just singing it out of our heads. We're not singing it out of our spirit. 
We're rejoining with the chorus in heaven that they're going around the throne saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And you would, some of you would have heard me say a um, long time ago, because someone once told me, you know, that they were in Revelations once. This was like an old prophet friend of mine from 20 years ago. She said, I was in Revelation once and I, just, and I was reading, Holy, holy, holy. And... I, and I said to the Lord, not me, but my prophet friend, she's, I said to the Lord, Lord, won't that get a bit boring? Just going around, going holy. And he says, I display another part of my character that is not yet seen. I display another part of my glory that is not yet seen. You see, there is no ending to our God. And then she started to realise, holy. Every time they went around, they saw another part of God. And the response was, holy. Have I lost you? No. Okay, good. May we never lose our reverence and awe of God. I love that song, May We Never Lose Our Wonder. May we never lose our wonder. May we never lose our wonder. For you are beautiful in all your ways. May we never lose our wonder. So here we are reminded in Psalm 24 to look at God, who he is and what he has done. That there would be a reverence and an awe. Amen. And it says, who may ascend the hill of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place. And verse 4, which is where I guess the title comes from. He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to what is false or to an idol, nor has sworn oaths deceitfully. He will receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation, the description of those who diligently seek him and require him as their greatest need. How awesome is that? That... We need to put this into a new covenant context in the sense that Jesus took on the sacrifice. He became the sin offering. He has made a way. We can come boldly before his throne of grace to find help in our time of need. Amen? But yet, we can still have stuff in our hearts that needs to be cleared up. Because unforgiveness can be a blockage to our prayers. Amen? So there can still be stuff in our hearts that God is going, you know what, I want to heal you of that. I want to release you of that. I want to see you set free of that. You know that thing that that person did to you all those years ago? You know, you know that person that deserted you when they said they weren't going to desert you? You know that person that stabbed you in the back when they said they, you know, that, um, um, that you were their best friend? You know when all those things that happened? I want to heal you of those wounds. I want to heal you of those things. The heart of God is always for us to come close. We never want to be like the Israelites when the Lord, and there was, there was, there was lightning and there was thunder. Speaking about that, did anyone else hear the boom yesterday afternoon? One? Oh, it is boom in the atmosphere. You, you heard it too. Malachi heard it. Little Malachi. We were sitting on the couch and I, I, and I heard this boom 
And Malachi lifted his head at the same time that I heard this boom. Yeah, I just wonder. But it's funny, some people didn't, didn't hear it, but other, but the, like in our household, there was only two of us that, that heard it. So I don't know what that was, but anyway. But when the Israelites, getting back on track, when, when the Israelites, when the Lord was like appearing and, and, and the Israelites were terrified and they said, Moses, you go. You know, sometimes as Christians, we can be like that. Tim, you go and seek God for me. Tim, you, and go, Tim, you, Tim, you go and get a word, word for me. His heart is that you would know him. That doesn't mean we, we don't allow the prophets to speak. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that stuff. But it means that his heart is for each one of us to be in, a, in an intimate relationship with him. It's always his heart for us to be near, not to dwell from a distance. Amen. This is the generation, the description of those who dil- diligently seek him and require him as their greatest need. You know, yesterday or over the last couple of days as I was processing some stuff, I watched a little bit more TV than I've watched for a long time because when you just rest sometimes you just watch a bit of cricket or something. I don't know. Anyway. And, you know, I was on Facebook more than I have been for a long time and I started to get consumed by everything that's happening. I started to get consumed by what social media and what people were saying on social media and all this other stuff. And, you know, I started to want to respond to some of this stuff. You know, but the Lord said, no, 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 I want you to seek me. Jesus has to be our greatest need. Jesus is the answer. Jesus, it's the song that we sang before, I want to speak the name of Jesus, can't just be a song. It actually has to be our life. Jesus is the answer. We cannot get distracted from the fact that people need to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, we, we cannot get distracted from the fact that he is calling us to draw near, that we would know his heart more and more. Amen? Because we can fill our minds, we can fill our thoughts, we can fill stuff with all kinds of other stuff, but it has to be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus didn't get distracted from his mission. The early church didn't get distracted by the persecution. In fact, it pushed them into Christ and it said, we will live for him. I am not ashamed of the gospel. That was it. That was Paul's declaration. We cannot let the stuff become a distraction. There is too much distraction in the church. There's too much noise. We need to keep Jesus as the focus. Amen. Because the truth is that we become what we behold. That is true, spiritually speaking. In 2 Corinthians 3, if we behold him, we will be changed from glory to glory. Amen. It's true in the natural, isn't it? If you hang around with someone long enough, what happens? You pick up their mannerisms, don't you? Is that not true? You pick up their mannerisms. You start to, you know, pick up little sayings. You start to pick up little things that they do. You start to pick up little habits. And that's why often people, people will look at the children and they go, man, that child reminds me of the mum or that child reminds me of the dad because you spend time together and you pick up little habits. You become what you behold. So that's why you've always got to be careful what you are beholding because you will become it. That's why this has to be primary. 
not Facebook, not social media, not Google, not DuckDuckGo, not nothing else, but it has to be this. That's why we don't forsake the assembly, the gathering together, whether it's small groups, whether it's these kind of groups, whatever it looks like. We don't forsake the gathering because we need each other. And you know what? Sometimes we need each other to correct each other in love because we can all easily go off track like that guy from another nation that said, Tim, I've got this revelation to share with you that I shared in worship. That is the spirit of Antichrist right there, what that guy shared. The anointing is no longer on the name of Jesus. That is the spirit of Antichrist at work in the church. Horrid. We become what we behold. Verses 7 to 10. Man, the preparation of hearts. Those that are seeking God diligently. Those that require Him as their greatest need. It says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? He is the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and lift them up, ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he then, this King of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory, the one who rules over all creation with his heavenly armies. That's the answer to Australia right now, the King of Glory. And then if we look at Acts 5, which we're not going to get too deep into, but the other passage of Scripture the Lord's been bringing to me late is the the account of Ananias and Sapphira. And I've actually found myself praying, Lord, we need an Ananias and Sapphira incident in our nation. And I know that's a bit, but you know what? I think we do. People use the the name of the Lord in vain. Much of the church treats his presence with contempt. But it's about the heart, isn't it? This passage is about the heart. Because in verse 3, Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You see, it's a heart issue. But God wants to, God wants our hearts. All of it. He doesn't want us to hold anything back. And it's interesting that when Ananias fell down and died, It says, great fear and awe gripped those who heard of it. And the same with his wife and and afterwards. And great fear and awe gripped the whole community and all those that heard about these things. At the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders attesting miracles were continually taking place. And by common consent, they all met together at the temple in the covered porch called Solomon's Portico. You see, what happened was that there was a, that, that in the midst of the heart issue that was being dealt with, and in the midst of the, the move of the Holy Spirit, which, revolted, which resulted in the death of these two individuals, that the church actually realized that God was holy. I 
I guess that's what I'm trying to say is let us never forget that he is holy. Because it's too easy to treat God with contempt. Is that okay? Galatians, Galatians 6 verse 7 contains a biblical principle. And it says this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed nor treated with contempt nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and this only will he reap. Now people have used that passage to speak about giving. I've been in church, part of churches for, well, all all my life I suppose. And I've heard messages about tithing and, and about giving and all this kind of stuff, and they use that. Well, that verse is actually not speaking about that, but yes, it can be used by that if we cross-reference it with 2 Corinthians. Because Paul picks this up, the same principle up when he's talking to the church in Corinth. And he says this, Whoever sp- uh, sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows generously that blessings may come to others, will also reap generously. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he's decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So that, that same passage about reaping and sowing in that context is about giving. And, I, and you know, people you know, kind of look at me strange sometimes, but you know what? If you're struggling with finances, you've always got to start back, am I giving? Because you know what? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Giving actually does open up the doorway. And if you're sitting here today and you, and you are continually, habitually struggling with... We all go through periods in our, in our walk where we struggle with finances. Well, maybe we don't all. But if you, are, if you are habitually struggling with finances, then maybe God is saying, are you giving? It's true. Because if you are not giving, you've shut that door. And if you are just giving sparingly, well, that's all you're going to get. There's been times, there's been so many times in our life when I've looked at our bank balance and went, man, I can't give anything. And God says, oh, I want you to give everything that's in your pocket. And we have seen the provision of God time and time and time again. You've heard our testimony or parts of our testimony. There was times when we had $8 in the bank. Week after week after week, there wasn't much money in the bank. But we never came under the poverty spirit. I said I will not allow our family to come under the poverty spirit because I am trusting God at his word. That's why our boys always got Adidas sock boots. Because I wasn't coming under the poverty spirit and just buying the ones from Kmart. Sorry if that offends anybody. That was me. That was us and God. I wasn't coming under that. I was giving my boys what they needed and my God was faithful to supply all our needs and he will be faithful to you if you open up the channels of giving in your life. Amen? Are we okay with that one? Okay. But this is a principle of Scripture. 
that if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. It's true in every area. It's true in your relationships. If you don't open up your heart to others in relationship, you are going to live a fairly lonely life. You have to invest generously in other people. And you know what? Sometimes it's going to come back not good. Anyone else ever experienced that? Where you've invested in someone, where you've loved someone and it's come back to... Yeah, anyway. But you know what? The Lord said, if, if, if Jesus says to love your enemies, then how much more brothers and sisters? God is encouraging us to invest generously. Because you know what? You'll start to get richness out. You start to get relationships that are rich because you're taking the time to build relationship with people. This is a principle right throughout Scripture in, that comes out in all kinds of ways. Because it's about our heart. You see, the reason I don't preach on giving very much is because it's actually not about giving, it's actually about our heart. Because if God has your heart, you want to give. If God doesn't have your heart, fully, then you won't. If he has your heart, you want to serve. If he, if he has your heart, you want to help your brother or your sister or, your, or, or, or someone that you see. You want to help them because he has your heart. But if he doesn't have your heart, we just become like the Pharisees and we just turn our face and we just keep walking on by. You see, it always comes back to the heart. Are we going all right? We're going a bit deeper? Is that right? So in Luke 6, Jesus, so this is Jesus speaking. There's so many great things here, obviously, because Jesus is speaking. Luke draws out this. I was going to start at verse 37, but I might go back a bit further. Verse 35. But love, that is, unselfishly seeks the best or higher good for your enemies. And do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, for your reward will be great, rich, abundant, and you will be sons of the Most High, because He Himself is kind and gracious and good to the, even to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, responsive, compassionate, tender, just as your heavenly Father is merciful. This is where I was going to start. Do not judge others self-righteously, and you too will not be judged. Doesn't that bring it into context? Will you judge others self-righteously? Oh, I can't believe that. Look at that. Look at, look at the way Nick's behaving. Look at that. Unbelievable. And he calls himself a Christian. Like, what is that? And then you go, how come people are picking out the faults in me all the time? You see, you reap what you sow. If your thinking is judging others, then you will find yourself going through a filter of, I'm being judged all the time. 
Whatever you seek, you will find. You know that? There's this thing in our brain called receptus something. And whatever you seek, you will find. So it's not just a biblical principle. It's true. That's why if you go on Google, you will find anything to support your theory, whatever your theory is, because whatever you seek, you will find. You've, like, like you've heard me say before, if you were going to buy a new car, you were going to buy a, a, a Honda CRV, and you got it in your thinking, I'm going to buy a Honda CRV. As you drive throughout Bundaberg, you will start to see Honda CRVs everywhere. And you'll start to go, why haven't I seen them before? It's because this receptus, whatever it's called, in your brain is now picking up that you are interested in that. And now all of a sudden you're seeing that which you didn't see before. So whatever you seek, you find. So if you look for the negative in someone, you will always find the negative in someone because that is what you are seeking. If you're looking for the good or the God in someone, guess what you'll find? That's not a trick question. Okay, just, just checking. If, you, if you're looking for the God in someone, that is what you will find because that is what you are seeking. It is, a, it is a principle. That's why God says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all of your heart. When you are fix, fixated on something, you will find it. It's true. So Jesus is saying, do not judge. And then he says, do not condemn others when you are guilty and unrepentant yourself. And you will not be condemned for your hypocrisy. Pardon or forgive others when they truly repent and changed. And you too will be forgiven or pardoned when you repent and change. Give and it will be given to you. They will pour it into your lap, a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over with no space left for more. Do you like that one? For with the standard of measurement you use when you do good to others, it will be measured back to you in return. You see, so the principle here is that whatever you reap, you will sow. If you're going to sow, a re- a sow judgment, you're going to reap judgment. If you're going to sow criticism, you're going to reap criticism. If you're going to sow love, you're going to reap love. That is the principle. Whatever the measure that you use will be measured back to you. This is why we need to go, God, you need to clean my hands and I need a pure heart. Because I want to live in the fullness of life that was purchased for me at Calvary. I don't want to be... I don't want to be making mud pies anymore. I, I don't want to be just be walking my spiritual life ar- around in the shallows. I want to get out into deeper water with you, Jesus. I want to experience everything that you have for me, but nothing that's, that, that, that's in here that's not right, I can't take it with me anymore. It's got to go. So it has to happen now. God, I ask in this moment that you would search me, and over these days, I, I don't want to come with a list of I need, I need, I need. I want to come before your throne of grace and say, God, you have your way in me, and you are put your order in my life. You see, the world, makes us, the world makes our minds so busy that we're programmed to do, 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 want, 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 need, need, need. And we just got to go, nah, I'm just going to sit at his feet. I'm going to listen. And you'll hear the voice of a loving father saying, I want to heal you of that area.
And sometimes you hear the voice of a loving father say, Tim, I've been speaking to you about that for a little while now. It's probably time we dealt with it. Sometimes we need reminding. I'm going to close up. We are called to walk in the spirit, amen. We're not called to walk in the flesh. We are spiritual beings. We've been born again from above, born of the spirit. We are spiritual beings. But the church is just, the church across Australia has lived just a mediocrity Christian walk for so long. It's part of the reason that our nation is where it is today. And it's time for hearts to return to Jesus. It's time to put aside things that we don't need. It's time to remove the things from our life that we, that we don't need. It's, it's a time to have clean hands and a pure heart, not touch things that I don't need to touch anymore. Those things are not my business, so I'm not going to touch them. I'm not going to hold anything in my heart that I shouldn't be holding. I'm going to give it all to God. You know, I was reading during the week as, I look, as, as we close up. I was reading on a stat from America and I think Australia's, you know, in good times and not good times, Australia seems to follow America. When something good comes out of America, that's all good, but then something else comes out of America and we go, why are we following America? But it just seems to be, I don't know, we just seem to be following the trends of America. So when I read stats in America, I don't think they're that different here in Australia. One of the stats that I read this week is there's only 13% of people now regularly give 10% of their income. In the church in America, 13%. It's gone down to 13% of people that regularly give. And in fact, over 50% give away less than 1%. Half of believers only give away less than 1%. You talk to any pastor... They just, they just can't get people to volunteer. I was boasting about you before to someone here today because I said our strike rate's a bit better than that. I said when we did our end of year thanksgiving to the volunteers, we had between 90 and 100 gifts that we had to do up. So out of the 200 people that call Restoration Centre their family... A hundred of us are volunteering and giving of ourselves. That's not bad. But we still have gaps. The hub, the outreach teams. Anyway, I don't want this message to be about that. Because it's about our heart. I just want to encourage you, January's nearly over. But can I, get you, can I get you to do something for the rest of January? Can I get you to switch off the noise? Can I get you to get, get off the internet? Can I actually be even really bold and say, just don't read that book that you're reading right now? Except the Bible. Hang on, I was getting there. I was getting there. 
Because the Lord has been actually speaking to me about he actually wants me to start to read some books this year because I'm, I've got this big pile of books like that, but I just don't like reading books. I only like reading the Bible, so I don't really read books, but yet he's telling me I want you to start to read some... Anyway, that's another story. But if you're reading a book, can I just encourage you for the next couple of weeks to make this your only book? Can I encourage you in your prayer time to not come just with a list of needs and wants and prayers and petitions, but can I also to encourage you to get a journal or a bit of paper and a pel- or a pen and just put it down there and say, God, here I am. I need you more in my life. Your presence, your spirit, your love, more of you. God, I want you to bring alignment in my life. I want you to heal what needs to be healed. I want you to remove what needs to be removed. I want you to have your way because I want to start this year with taking nothing of the past with me. It's the Hebrews 12 part, hey. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us, let us lay aside everything that hinders Even good things can hinder you sometimes, hey. And lay aside the sin that so easily entangles you, the things that keep tripping you up, and let us run with perseverance. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Because I feel in my spirit that God is looking for a Gideon's army. Ho. We don't need the 32,000. That's what it started with. 32,000. Because with 32,000, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people with a lot of gifts and a lot of, you know, abilities and stuff. You know, because, because God is saying, no, 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 you're going to take the glory if there's 32,000. I want to make it so impossible that you can't do it in your own strength. It has to be me. That's what a Gideon's army is. A Gideon's army is an army that is so relied upon Jesus, they don't have a plan B. I want us to be that people. Or part of that people. So, Lord, we ask that you would remove the noise of this world at this time. That we just hear the noise from heaven. We need to hear your voice. We need your presence. We need you. Lord, we ask that you would have your way in our hearts and lives more. Go deeper, Lord. Go deeper. That we would be found as a people that have clean hands and a pure heart. Mm. Sure. I just want to encourage you. We're just going to have an open prayer time here today.
if you feel the Lord is speaking to you about an area that needs to be healed or you need to be set free from, then today is a, is a great day. Because for someone here today, I was getting the word abandonment, that you felt betrayal by a human being and you felt abandonment. And the Father says, I want to heal you of that. For other people, it may be that you have been holding on to unforgiveness from something that happened 20 years ago. I don't know. God knows. You know. But you know what? Our society is full of broken relationships, broken marriages, broken communities, broken people. And sometimes we can all get affected by them in one way or another. And we don't realize that sometimes it can color our perspective. And God is just wanting us to give, to give us his perspective as we go forward. Amen. You're all very quiet. Is that a good thing? A good thing, okay. Hey, Beck, Jonah's going out in the car park. Just thought I'd let you know. I saw him out of the corner of my eye. Thank you, Jesus. So how about we stand together?